Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You're listening to Mr. Apex Podcast, and it's quiz time. Welcome to the Mr. Apex Quiz Time. I am Sean Kelly, the virtual stat man of the Twitter sphere, taking over the podcast this week for a special Mr. Apex F1 quiz. We're going to put three contestants to the test over six rounds to see who has the best F1 statistical knowledge. Our three brave contestants are Mr. Apex Regulars, Matt Trumpets, Alex Van Jean, and the one and only Mr. Chris Stevens. And keeping score and adjudicating on the contest is the Mr. Apex host, Richard Spanners Rene. Hi, Sean. I am going to rule and adjudicate with a firm but fair hand. Some of the panel, Sean, have accused me of dipping out of this quiz through fear. However, it is a very production-heavy process, and I'm the only one with the necessary skills to make it work. Couldn't do it without you, Spanners. That's why we call you Spanners, because you fix things. So, yes, the game. First off, we're going to do qualifying, because, of course, no Grand Prix can run without a qualifying session. And this is very simple, this first round. What we're going to do is speak to each contestant one at a time, and they're going to answer five correct questions in the shortest possible time. Spanners will take down the time, lap time, if you will, and whoever is quickest will get pole position for the game proper. First up is Mr. Matt Trumpets. Come on down. Hey there, Sean. How's it going? Oh, it is hanging real good. I'm getting a lot of comments about this suave nature of my jacket, which I'm told is somewhere between being European gay and just playing Eurovision. I'm loving that. That's, that is that is one swank jacket you got on there. Okay. Are you ready to answer five questions on the 2019 Grand Prix season in as short a time as you can? Not in the slightest. So let's proceed immediately. Your time starts now. Of the three front-running teams, who is the only driver yet to lead a lap in 2019? Uh, Verstappen. No, it was Pierre Gasly. Who made their first Grand Prix start since 2010 in Australia? Ooh, um, no clue. Pass. That was Robert Kubica. Who failed to reach Q3 in China for the first time since Hungary 2016? No clue. Pass. Kind of hoping you'd be better at this. Kimi Raikkonen. Uh, Who is the youngest driver on the grid in 2019? Uh, Leclerc. No, it's Lando Norris. Who was the first driver to retire in the opening race in Australia? First driver to try. Uh, Grosjean. No, Carlos Sainz. Which of the four races has seen the most overtaking so far? Bahrain. Yes. Who lost their front wing on the run to turn one in Melbourne? Uh, Ricardo. Correct. Which team has been slower in every qualifying session this season than they were last season? Uh, only Williams. Correct. Which driver celebrated their 25th birthday during Friday practice in Baku? Can't remember. Pass. It was Danny Kefir. Who was the only man to fail to finish both of the opening two races this season? Grosjean. Correct. Mercedes were the first constructor to finish 1-2 in the opening three races since which team and when? Uh, Ferrari, 1952. No, Williams in 1992. Whose collision with a manhole caused FP1 to be abandoned in Baku? Uh, that would be Russell. 
correct. Is that the time limit I hear? It's not the time limit. He did actually successfully get five questions correct in a time of one minute and 53 seconds. Give it up for the mighty trumpets. That's fantastic. It was like a snooker applause. The next on the run list is the mighty Alex Van Jean. Come on down. Jesus, I thought this was going to be really difficult. And then Matt got terrible time. And now it's even worse. Let's see. Now, I understand you like to be called. Well, the Spanners gave me the moniker of Jeansy. Something I've never been called in my life. But apparently if I was in the army, I'd be called Jeansy. Uh, nicknames get issued here. It's not on a choice basis. Fair enough. So, Jeansy, are you ready to answer five questions and as quick as you can? No. Does this face look like I'm ready to answer anything? All right. Your time starts now. What was the only race this season in which Mercedes did not lock out the front row? Uh, Bahrain. Correct. Daniel Ricciardo's only points of 2019 came when wearing the helmet design of which former champion? Jack Brabham. Correct. Who reached Q3 for the first time in his career in Baku, only to receive a 10-place grid penalty? Norris. No, Antonio Giovinazzi. How many drivers started from the pit lane in Baku? Two. No, three. three. Which team scored their 250th fastest lap in Azerbaijan? Uh, Ferrari. Correct. Which driver scored points twice this season, despite being eliminated in Q1 at every race? Ricardo? No, it was Lance Stroll. Which 2019 race saw the first five rows of the grid arranged in team-by-team order? That was Bahrain. No, that was China. Bahrain saw which Enya manufacturer score with three cars for the first time since Japan 1991? Correct. Which constructor celebrated their 250th Grand Prix start in China? Mercedes? No, Toro Rosso. Which rookie has reached Q3 in three of the first four races this season? Norris. Correct. Smashed you, Spanners. trumpets. What's the scores on the doors? Uh, Alex Van Jean, or Jeansy, as he loves to be known, came in with a score of one minute and 43 seconds just ahead of Matthew Trumpets. Okay, I have one minute 36.22. Okay, we'll, we'll go to a steward's inquiry. It's the one I said. Hey. Now, it remains to be seen if we're going to run out of questions here because you've been so bad in this first round. God damn it. We've only got so many questions in the pack here. I I approve of your policy of berating the panel. It's good. Yeah, exactly. We're going to need a better performance second half, guys, as we welcome Chris. Come on down, Chris. Hi, Sean. Hi, good (laughs) evening. Are you you put off or are you inspired by the level of mediocrity seen in the qualifying round so far? Well, so far, I've known a lot of the answers and people watching the video will have seen me gestating wildly at their idiocy. But now I'm slightly worried that I'm myself, I'm going to crash and crack under pressure. By gestating, presumably you mean by gesticulating, because by gestating, you would be carrying a child before birth. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, are you ready to answer five questions as quickly or as slowly as the other two? I'll say I was born ready. All right, let's get ready to rumble. Your time starts... Now, at which race this year did one second cover first and 17th positions in Q1? Bahrain. Australia. Who won the 1,000th championship race this season, having also won the 900th event? Lewis Hamilton. Correct. Which team qualified 6th and 7th on the grid in Melbourne? Haas. Correct. Who has finished 4th in each of the last three Grand Prix? Stappen. Correct. Which team suffered simultaneous mechanical failures with four laps remaining in Bahrain? Renault. Correct. Rolex with the title sponsor of which of the opening four races? Uh, Australia. Yes, stop the clock. Well, that was absolutely spectacular, and it was certainly under a minute. I was definitely watching the clock before I uh, clicked off the timer. Uh, it was 40 seconds. Am I Sean. the only one who feels like the difficulty yeah. of these questions was not the same? Definitely. Those last okay, ones are easy. You. I got all of them as well. What I think might have happened, Sean, is that we've all got more comfortable with the format, and Chris has had the advantage of watching everybody go first. But track position is key in qualifying, and he starts in pole position with Alex Van Jean second and Matt Trumpets third. All right. After the walk, could only be described as a train wreck of a qualifying session where it seemed like we had like an extra hour for a couple of red flags. Let's move into round one proper. This is the subject round. So there's going to be two minutes, one contestant at a time, quizzing them 
on a subject of their choice. Now, the reason why pole position becomes relevant here is because the person in pole position gets first choice of the categories. The person in second place gets the second choice, and the person who is last gets whatever category is left. Now, the categories tonight all concern decades in Formula One. We have the 2000s, we have the 1990s, and we have the 1980s. Now, after the first round, Chris is in pole position. Chris, which category would you like to answer questions on? I'll go with the 2000s, please. I somehow thought you would. Now, this is a slightly longer round, two minutes per person. Again, answering as many questions correctly as you can, one point for each correct answer. And they cannot go on offer, but you can pass. Christoph, if you are all set. By the way, whereabouts are you tonight? I'm in uh, Sutton in southwest London. All right. Now, I don't want to make this like we rehearsed this just before we went on the air, but who's your favorite driver and why? Uh, because I'm being forced to uh, to pick one for the, this conversation, I'm going to go ahead and just say Charles Leclerc. I think he's got a great story behind him and he seems like a great young kid. All right. And what got you interested in Grand Prix racing? Um, it was my old man, um, actually. He's a big bike fan. Uh, and when he had me on the weekends, uh, we would watch MotoGP uh, together. So it was bikes that I, I actually started out with. Boom. All right. Just like Mario Walker, you went from bikes to, to four wheels. Yeah. I, I didn't discover Formula One until like 2010, actually. So a long time after watching bikes. Getting on with the quiz itself. Chris, you've got two minutes answering questions on the 2000s starting now. Who was the first driver other than Michael Schumacher to win the title in the 2000s? Fernando Alonso. Correct. Which team was the last to run a three-liter V10 engine in a Formula One race? Uh, Williams? No, it was Toro Rosso. Which Spanish driver finished second in the 2006 Hungarian Grand Prix? Fizzy Keller? No, it's Pedro de la Rosa. Which 2009 race was red flagged after 31 laps and not restarted? Malaysia. Correct. Michael Schumacher's final win in Shanghai in 2006 left him with how many career wins? 91. Correct. Which current Grand Prix driver made his Formula One debut in Valencia in 2009? Pass. Which driver's only retirements in both 2007 and 2008 came as a result of incidents in the pit lane? Nico Rosberg? No, it was Lewis Hamilton. Which former world champions eponymous team made their last F1 start at Suzuka in 2001? Pass. Who won the 2003 Monaco Grand Prix to give Williams their only win in Monte Carlo since 1983? Montoya? Correct. At which track did Fernando Alonso take his first Grand Prix victory? Hungary. Correct, the Hungarian. Where am I now? Sebastian Vettel's victory from pole position at Monza in 2008 was taken driving for which team? Toro Rosso. Correct. Michael Schumacher won 12 of the first 13 races in 2004. Which driver won the other one? Pass. Who became the 100th driver to win a Grand Prix when he took his only career win in Hungary in 2008? Heike Kovalainen. Correct. In which year in the 2000s did Fuji last hold the Japanese Grand Prix? 2007. No, 2008. In which season was final qualifying held on Sunday morning for the first six races before being abandoned? Pass. Which driver finished third behind the two Ferraris in the 2005 US Grand Prix in which only six cars started? Heinz Harold Frenson? No, it's Thiago Montero. Who qualified on the front row for the only time in their career at the 2009 Italian Grand Prix? Tim O'Clock. It was Adrian Satil. Oh, of course it was. All right. I don't remember which ones you passed on because I didn't write them down, folks. They're just going to be spat out there into the ether, never to be answered again. But I'm sure in the chat room somebody got them right. All right, Spanners, how did we do? Well, that was quite impressive, and Chris Stevens has weighed in with an opening salvo of seven points in that round. <laughs> More golfing applause. All right. Yes, Jeansy. All right, come and take a seat in the old uh, fake mastermind hot seat. <laughs> Where are you this evening? I am in Boreham Wood in Hertfordshire. All right. Another English contestant. And uh, who's your favourite Grand Prix driver and why? Past, present, or indeed future? It's Lance Straff. No, um, it's Lewis Hamilton. Of course it's Lewis Hamilton. Why is it Lewis Hamilton? Uh, he's a Brit, and when I really, really started following F1 was kind of when he first started, so it's, he's, he's, um, I'm, I'm always been a big fan, and he's the greatest of all time, in my opinion. Oh, you just said something controversial. <laughs> I've said it before on this podcast, and so no one's surprised. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm a little shocked, actually, Jeansy, that you've shown that level of bias. That does not wash here at Missed Apex Podcast. <laughs> we have two categories left. We have the 80s or the 90s. Which one would you like? It's going to have to be the 90s. On to the 80s we go. Uh, 90s, no, 90s, 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 90s. I was just testing you. Nice <laughs> try. I appreciate I what you tried testing. to do for me there, Sean. That was very I was helpful. trying to help you out. Trying to help you out. All right, you've got two minutes to answer as many questions on the 1990s starting now. Which driver competed in three consecutive Grand Prix for three different teams in 1994? David Coulthard. No, Nancy. No, it was Johnny Herbert. Ah. Who won consecutive races in the same country at the end of 1995 and the start of 1996? Damon Hill. Correct. At which venue was the first race of the 1990s held? Australia. It was Phoenix, Arizona. Who became the last Belgian driver to win a Grand Prix when he won from pole position in Hungary in 1990? Which driver took his maiden Grand Prix win in the opening race of 1999? Mika Hakkinen. It was Eddie Irvine. Heintower Frensen's Jordan challenged for the 1999 world title using which engine? Honda. Mm, I'll give you that. Mugen Honda. The two Luxembourg Grand Prix held in the 1990s took place at which circuit? Pass. Which driver raced a full season for Williams in 1999 without scoring a single point? Pass. On which track did Damon Hill take his only career win driving for a team other than Williams? Uh, Spa. Correct. Who was the only driver to finish on the podium on his Grand Prix debut in the 1990s? Pass. Who were the only constructor to be using a semi-automatic gearbox at the start of the 1990s? Ferrari. Correct. Which driver won on his birthday at the Canadian Grand Prix in 1995? Pass. Which driver made his Grand Prix debut at the 1994 Spanish Grand Prix as a replacement for the late Ayrton Senna? Uh, David Coulthard. Correct. Which world champion made their final Grand Prix appearance at the Spanish Grand Prix in 1995? You, you started, so can you finish? Is that how that works? Yeah, I don't know the answer anyway. <laughs> oh, that was hard. You want to guess? <laughs> no, not a clue. It was Nigel Mansell. Spanners, how did we do? Well, uh, he didn't do quite as well as Chris Stevens, who is doing disappointingly well. Uh, so Alex Jeansy Van Jean is on four points. I... I uh, I sensed the disappointment last time when I didn't note down the passes. So this time, I've, I've done better. Uh, which driver took his maiden Grand Prix win in the opening race of 1999 was Eddie Irvine. The two Luxembourg Grand Prix held in the 90s took place at the Nürburgring. What? That- That's not in Luxembourg. <laughs> That's notoriously in Germany. Sean, is that correct? These are the two Luxembourg Grand Prix were held at the Nürburgring. Strange but true. That's ridiculous. That is fantastic. Uh, Which driver raced a full season for Williams without scoring a point in 1999 was Alex Zinardi. So tell you what, um, on adjudication, we will give Alex Janjean five points, which is what I had down on the score sheet. Thank you. I'm all right. I'm all right with the two-point deficit. All right. Good nature golfing applause again. So that leaves us with a dark horse starting at the back of the grid. It's the one and only Matt Trumpets. Welcome, Matt. Well, here I am. Can we possibly change the category to things on my desk right now? <laughs> we could, but unfortunately, I haven't written any questions on the subject. <laughs> uh, Matt, as if we need telling, tell us where you are. I am in my office in Brooklyn, New York. What brought you to the whole uh, Grand Prix shindig originally? Uh, you're going to be sorry you ask that question because I will fill up the entire rest of the show with my answer. But basically... To make it short, I needed an obscure European sport that I followed that nobody else did. Well, you sure picked a good one. (laughs) And uh, who was your favorite driver when you started out, or indeed even today? Well, um, it's interesting. I had actually two separate eras of Formula One watching. When I first started watching, it was in the era of Schumacher dominance, and it was only because I was up late to watch the Tour de France anyway. And so I became a bit of a fan of McLaren and Mika Hakkinen in particular because he was the only person who would occasionally beat Schumacher. And then when I got back into watching the sport was 
I just happened to catch a little of it on a Top Gear show, and I tuned back in for the last couple of races of 2008. So I was a very, very big uh, Lewis Hamilton fan when I started out watching again, because, oh my, was that ever an exciting finish. Although I suppose I could have gone for the angsty Massa fandom, but in retrospect, I'm glad I did not. And if we go back an era, I, I'd be looking at guys like Dan Gurney, or I did watch Mario Andretti some when I was in the 70s, so there's that. All right. Well, unfortunately, the 70s is not a category, so we can't it's even It's all going to be bad from here. I, I'm only going to ask, because the point scoring was different in the 80s, are we going to convert up my perhaps single right answer to equal Chris's seven, because the point scoring didn't match? Well, back in the 80s, of course, only the best 11 out of 16 scores counted towards the World Championship. So if you do score more than 11 correct answers, we do have to start dropping your best answers. <laughs> Not going to happen. <laughs> Trumpets, you've got two minutes on the category of the 1980s. Is everybody ready? Pass. Oh, wait. <laughs> Is that too soon? It might well be. Your time starts now. Which constructor who became Toro Rosso at the end of 2005 made their Grand Prix debut in 1985? Uh, Minardi. Correct. Ayrton Senna's Monaco Grand Prix win in 1987 was the first for a car with which so-called driver aid? Ooh, traction control. No, it was active suspension. Which American tire company took 107 of a possible 156 Grand Prix wins in the 1980s? Uh, Goodrich. No, Goodyear. In 1989, which driver became the most recent to win the World Championship without winning any of the first four races? Prost. Correct. Who took his only Grand Prix win at Suzuka in 1989 after the collision between Ayrton Senna and Alain Prost? Berger. No, it was Alessandro Nanini. In which year did Enzo Ferrari pass away at the age of 90? Mm, 88. Correct. Which country held three Grand Prix in 1982, the only time any nation has done so? Uh, United States. Yes. Which three-time world champion won his final Grand Prix in the Netherlands in 1985? Pass. Who was the first team to race a fully fully carbon fiber F1 car at the 1981 Argentine Grand Prix? Ah, that would be McLaren. Correct. Who started the 1980s as the reigning world champion for Ferrari? Uh, pass. Which driver became the first man to win the world championship with a turbo engine in 1983? PK. Correct. In which season of the 1980s was the Drivers' Championship decided by half a point, the closest ever margin? Uh, sorry, could you repeat the question? Yes. In which season of the 1980s was the Drivers' Championship decided by half a point, the closest ever margin? 87. It was 84. The Tolman team were bought and renamed by which fashion company before the 1986 season? Benetton. Correct. There we go. Right in at the buzzer there. It's been a bit of a dark horse. What do you think, Spanners? How did you do? I'm incredibly impressed with my podcasting partner in crime, Matt Trumpets, who's come in with seven points. So this is the first Get point. Out of here. <laughs> no way. I, I was uh, I was pretty impressed, and I think Van Jean's calling for a stewards' inquiry. It was he, six. It was I six. was counting. It I've, was six. Okay, let's go to the stewards. Oh, they're taking their time over this one. Seven. They are sticking with their well, original I threw answer. Threw my pen at five, and then there was one more. <laughs> so you passed on a couple there as well, Matt. So number eight was which three-time world champion won his final Grand Prix in the Netherlands in 1985, and that was Nicky Lauda. And you also passed on number ten, who started the 1980s as the reigning world champion for Ferrari, and that was Jody Schechter. But a very impressive seven points. Well done, Trumpets. They were hard. Well done. All right. So what are our total scores at the end of round one? Spanners. Well, the total scores are Matt Trumpets is sitting pretty in a joint lead neck and neck with Chris Stevens on seven points, lagging behind somewhat and about to go down a slip road and crash into Danny Kvyat, then reverse into him, it's Alex Jeansy Van Jean. I've got wheel spin off the line. <laughs> We're off and running now, that's for sure. Okay, on to the next round. The next round is about circuits. Now, in this round, to anyone who ever saw the British game show 15 to 1, you'll be familiar with the question or nominate format. I'm going to ask the first question, or in fact, give the possibility of answering the first question to the person leading at the moment. I'll give them a clue as to what the question is about, and they can either take the question or nominate. 
Now, if they get the question right, they get one point. But if they get the question wrong, they lose one point. Hence, the incentive of nominating if you don't like the look of the category. Now, I believe Spanner said that Matt and Chris are currently tied for the lead. Was that right? Uh, that's that right? correct. Um, but since Chris was on pole, yeah, he gets yes, uh, the tiebreak. Fast qualifying time, which means Chris will go first in this next category. So remember, Chris, you can question, you can take the question, or you can nominate someone else. The category in this first question is title deciders. Question or nominate? I'll take the question. On which circuit has Lewis Hamilton clinched the world title for the last two seasons? Mexico. That's correct. One point. All right. The next category is stand-in drivers. Question or nominate? Uh, nominate. Uh, 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 Jeansy. Nominate everyone. Nominate Jeansy. Jeansy. Yeah. On which circuit? On which circuit did Paul DeRest to stand in for Williams Felipe Massa in 2017? Correct. One point. Ah, There's a steal. You, now you have now you have control of the game, track position, if you will. Uh, the next category is modifications. Question or nominate? Nominate Chris. All right. Back to you, Chris. In which year was the Monaco Grand Prix circuit modified to include the swimming pool and the Raskas complex? Oh. Um, 82. It was 1973. So you lose a point there. That means control of the board goes back to Alex. The next category is forgotten F1 tracks. Question or nominate? Nominate. Chris. Dear Lord. Trumpets is over there. Trumpets, you want to go and get a cup of tea or something while you were doing this? It's obviously a vendetta. I've got some whiskey. Thanks much, though. Appreciate it. Okay. No worries. All right. Now, where am I? What are we doing? Yes, Chris. Forgotten F1 circuits. The Nivelle circuit hosted which country's world championship races in 1972 and 1974? France? It was Belgium. You lose a point. Jeannie, the next category is designers. Yeah, all right. I'll take this one. I'll take a risk on this one. Okay. Opening in 1999, which track was the first F1 circuit to be wholly designed by Herman Tilke? Was it China? No, it was Sepang. Oh, I was going to say Malaysia. Damn it. Wounded. Wounded. All right. Now, it goes back to whoever was in the lead at the start, which is Chris. Somehow we're jumping back and forth over Matt here. Trump is not getting a look in. Now, Chris, the category here, oh, you're going to love this one. It's the 1950 Grand Prix season. Professional nominate. I'm going to nominate Matt in the hope that he loses a point and gets back down to my level. All right, Trumpets. Mm. You ready? No. Which track from the inaugural 1950 championship season held its last race in 1954? Hmm. 1954, you say? Not a clue, honestly. None. Tough one. The answer is Bremgott in Switzerland, because, of course, motor racing in Switzerland was banned after the Le Mans disaster in 55. Uh, so you I, lose I a point. Have, I should have figured that out. Yeah. No. Um, all right. So control goes back to Chris. Uh, the next category is off the calendar. Question or nominate? I'll take the question. In which year was Monza absent from the World Championship calendar for the only time? Oh, I regret everything. Yeah, it was a bad choice. 93. No, it was 1980. Sorry. All right. Now, since Trumpets hasn't had a chance to really get in on this, let's take it over control of the board to uh, Trumpets here. The next category is Trumpets Road Circuits. Question or nominate? nominate um let's nominate stevens all right <laughs> yeah getting a batter in there chris it's kind of like schadenfreude right now was it just karma i don't you, know you have no uh, points left chris so i'd get some right if i were you are you on about uh, no points left i haven't done the exact maths but it's pretty close to no points i'm i'm on at least five you're on exactly five there you go well how about we try and get another one here road circuits is the category the question is which circuit is the longest to have ever held a world championship event? Which road circuit? Uh, does, does Spa count as a road circuit? It does, but I have to take your first answer. So you're saying Spa? Yeah. Uh, incorrect. The correct answer was Pescara in Italy, which hosted its only race in 1957. Wouldn't have got that. I think it's back with you now. Uh, the next category is Flags of Convenience. Question or nominate? I'll nominate Jeansy because he's a driver and should know this. I'm trying to help. All right. Him. All right. Logically, a racing driver should know the flags, right? Brilliant. Yes. Thanks. 
Right. Well, let's hope that pertains to national flags too, because the question is oh, on which. Sorry about that. On which French circuit was the Swiss Grand Prix held in 1982? <laughs> which? Say the question again. On which French circuit was the Swiss Grand Prix held in 1982? I don't know, Manicor. Come Manicor. on. You... No, not no it wasn't Manicor. It was Dijon. Dijon's oh. host. Big track. I don't like that track. It's going to say you do know more than Magdy Cora. By the way, that Swiss Grand Prix in 1982, the only, uh, the only win for Keki Rosberg in his championship season. Um, trumpets. Category is thrilling finishes. Question or nominate? Oh, I'll nominate Chris because I'm just trying to help my friends out now. All right. All right. Ayat and Senna beat Nigel Mansell by 14 thousandths of a second to win the first Formula One race held at which circuit? The Hungaro Ring. No, it was Jerez in Spain. Trumpets, leave yes. it still with you. Shortened racetracks is the category. Question or nominate? Oh, I'll nominate Jeezy because I'm sure he knows all this stuff and he needs all the help he can get now because he's like on negative seven points. There we are. Yes. Now, here we go. Shortened racetracks. In what year, Jeezy, does the full eight-mile Spa-Francorchamps road circuit last host a Formula One race? 69. Oh, it's one year out. No. The answer is 1970. You're so close. I was going to say 70, then I thought, no, it's not in 70. Okay. Well, when we do this quiz again in a parallel universe, the answer is 1970. Trumpets, it's still with you. And the category is back to front. Question or nominate? Ooh, um, I'll continue to nominate as it seems to be a very effective strategy. Chris, it's your turn. <laughs> hey, Chris. How you doing over there? I feel like this is a bit of a vendetta and everyone's just jealous of my supreme knowledge from the first two rounds. Yeah. Didn't, weren't you the first person to nominate in this game? though? Only because I did. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a thing. Um, <laughs> so, yes, back to front is the category. Oh, this is a good one. I like this one. Now, most of the first half of which current Formula One track was driven in the opposite direction until 1980? In the opposite direction? Uh, pass. Oh, he doesn't know. Anybody else know, just out of interest? No. Into Lagos, we've driven back to front in the first sector of the lap. That's stupid. When it was the long lap <laughs> up until 1980. All right. Back to you, Trumpets. It seems like you're winning by not winning. They've got two questions left, and the next category is Sunset. Question or nominate? Oh, I'll nominate. Jeansy, it's your turn, my friend. All right. Sunset. Jeez. Okay. Despite having no floodlights, at which circuit did a Grand Prix finish 12 minutes after sunset in 2010? Brazil. It was the Korean Grand Prix at Yongam oh, after no. they had a red flag of... No one remembers that circuit. Evidently. <sighs> a lot of minuses in this round. A lot of points being deducted. It's like an FIA uh, World Council, World Motorsports Council meeting. Trumpets. Last question. The category is clean sweep. Question or nominate? Oh, I'll nominate, of course, Chris. <laughs> All right, bring us home, Christoph, with a nice, clean, good, clean, correct answer. Sebastian Vettel has won all three races held at which track between 2011 and 2013? Hood International Circuit in India. That is correct. Hurrah, we have a correct answer to end the round. There we go. I you see that one? Oh, you see? You're in it to win it, haven't you? Now, Spanners. If you'd like to pick up the pieces on what was a real dumpster fire of a round there and let us know where everybody's up to in the uh, world of minus points. It was really embarrassing for me as host of a Formula One podcast and knowing all those answers myself to see my panel fail so dismally. But once again, the wily cat of Matt Trumpets just shows his age. It just You don't have to qualify fastest if you've got a bit of racecraft and that's what Matt Trumpets has demonstrated there. Um, he only lost one point whereas Alex Van Jean lost four points on Lucky Jeansy and Chris Stevens got absolutely murdered uh, by losing five points, but he did gain one back. So the, the scores at the moment is Matt Trumpets in the lead on seven points. Alex Van Jean and Chris Stevens are the Williams toothpaste coloured quiz contestants at the back with three points each. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. All right. Well, it's not looking good, folks, but the next round is an opportunity to build a good score because this is the top six round. Now, what I'm going to do is this is a pen and paper round. So what you're going to do is write down the top six finishes in any order uh, from the Grand Prix that I'm about to give you. You'll then hold up your answers to your cameras at the same time so we know that you're not cheating. You get 10 points if you get the correct race winner. And you get uh, one more point for any other finisher within the top six. The most important one you get is the race winner. And any others you get from the top six are just bonus points. Now, the race in question here, and I believe we've got, is it 60 seconds for this round, Spanners? Am I hearing that right? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, let's go with 60 seconds. We're just making this up as we're going along. Uh, And Genie's camera has just collapsed. I see over there. Nice one. So I'll just fill for a second while he repositions his camera. It's lovely, Uh, Dave. To be honest, Um, the Missed Apex viewers are more than used to Van Gene having incredibly random video and audio. Okay. Okay. I don't feel so bad then. Why don't we cut to that? If you've got an action replay or a slow-mo replay, we'll do that. We'll do that in the next 60 seconds as they fill out their top six finishes to the 2011 Canadian Grand Prix. Go. Now, Sean, this was a very memorable Grand Prix, so it's a good one to pick. You've been kind there. This was in the wet, wasn't it, in 2011? It was, and it was officially the longest Grand Prix of all time, four hours and four minutes. We had a two-hour red flag in that race, uh, and we also had a last lap change of leader. The person who won the race actually led only the last lap of the Grand Prix, which is the most recent occurrence in World Championship history where a driver has done that. Speaking of firsts in history, Sean, I put my neck on the line because you tweeted that Mercedes weren't the first team to ever score a 1-2 in the first four races. And boy, have I had a backlash about that. I trusted you, Sean. Well, I still trust me because up until now, we've always considered the Indy 500 as something we discounted back in the 1950s. Ferrari scored 1-2 finishes in the first six races as a constructor, not necessarily as a team. But it didn't include the Indianapolis 500, which wasn't, Indianapolis 500 wasn't a Grand Prix. So generally, we don't, we don't put that in. I, so yeah. there's a conjecture about that. So I, I, I was steering clear of it in our live broadcast uh, in Baku yesterday. But uh, apparently, uh, everyone's popular opinion has decided that, that uh, Mercedes are the first team to do it. So who, what do I know? I'm with you. I'm with you, Sean. Uh, should we see what our contestants have got? A uh, reminder of the question was, it's the top six if you tell us the order, I'll, uh, I'll then go through what the three guys have written down. Okay, the winner of the race with the last lap pass was Jensen Button, passing Sebastian Vettel, longtime leader of the race. He finished second. Third went to Vettel's teammate, Mark Webber, in the Red Bull. Fourth was Michael Schumacher, who briefly led that race, one of the few times he led a Grand Prix during his time at Mercedes. Fifth place went to the Lotus Renault of Vitaly Petrov, and sixth place was Felipe Massa's Ferrari. It looks like, Jeans, you've got the winner. So you get 10 points for the winner. You've got three there. You've got Button, Schumacher, Vettel, Weber, and then you've gone for Rosberg and Kobayashi. So you get 13 points. Matt, let's see what you've got. I had Button, Vettel, uh, Weber, and Massa. 
I missed out on Hamilton and Alonso. So that gives you a total of 13 points as well. How did you do, Chris? I'm I'm really glad you started talking about the race because I started riding down the <laughs> Me too. N Canadian Grand Prix, uh, the yeah. wrong one. And I totally forgot about Petrov. I remember Maso Kobayashi side by side across the line. But, but wasn't Kobayashi second on the rain when the rain was stopped at one point? Yes, he was. Yeah. So it looks like you've got 14 points there, Chris. So, Sean, you'll have to give me a minute to add that up. But once again, Chris yeah. has taken a round victory. Oh, he's done it again. Baby-faced assassin there in what appears to be a basement somewhere in London. Baby-faced? <laughs> I'm sorry, a hatchet-faced biffer assassin somewhere in a basement <laughs> in London. Banners, uh, how are we doing there? What's the scores? Well, in the lead is still the wily Matt Trumpets. However, there has been a bit of a closing in as the competition has closed the gap to only three points as Chris Stevens is on 17 and we also have Alex Van Jean on 16. So it really is very close indeed. Now let's go into the next round. Getting close to the end of the game now, two more rounds to go. And this is the podium round. Now in this round, again, we're writing down the answers. There are three correct answers to every question that we ask in this round. There are 10 questions in total, one point for every correct answer. That means there's three points per correct answer. Although there is a bit of a joker in this round because you can play your DRS once in this round. Now, if you choose to play your DRS, you can do it at any time by just holding your hand up and say, I play DRS. You double your points total for anything you get right. So potentially you could get six points on that question. How much are we giving them here, Spanners? Is that 30 seconds? Per question? 30 seconds? All right, rock and roll. So, the first question. Which three drivers have finished on the podium together more than any other in Grand Prix history? 30 seconds. Hey, Spanners, how you doing? Yeah, these are tough questions, Sean. Um, I will confess to the live stream and to people watching that you did some test questions with me and Steve Amy, and we have already begged for easier questions. So these are even the easy questions that they're failing at. Give us your answers, everybody. Right. The correct answers are Lewis Hamilton, Nico Rosberg and Sebastian Vettel. You finished on the podium together 14 times. Uh, well, Chris was waving his around in, in celebration. So I'm assuming that you got all three of those. All right. <laughs> I got Hamilton, Vettel and Weber. So I got two got of Seb. the three correct. Fantastic. And Jeansy, what, what do you reckon you scored? There? I got one. I got Seb. Oh, dear. That's not very good. Jeansy's continuing to fail. Uh, but Chris Stevens is pulling ahead again. All right. On to question two. Which three tyre compounds were used by Pirelli in Australia, China and Azerbaijan this year? I feel oh, like yeah, it should be DRS for me. Thank you. DRS for me as well, please. But I would have had no idea. I am completely confused, Sean, by the C1, C4. Three tire compound. There is no, a there no. But Pirelli select which compounds they're going to be. Hang on, are we talking about the C rubbish? Yes. Oh, get lost. Oh, I'm... Bearing in mind, it is announced before the start of every session in the opening graphics of each session. So you have ample opportunity to see it across three Grand Prix in one. All right, hold up your answers to the screen, please. I've put soft, medium, and hard. I'm not bothering. So Chris Stevens has got C2, C3, and C4. Matt has C2, C3, and C4. And Jeansy's sort of just looking down, shuffling his feet in an embarrassed fashion. Trust Trumpets to get it bloody right. <laughs> so three points for Stevens, three points for Trumpets, and none for Jeansy. Beg your pardon, that would be six for both DRS. of us. Oh, look at that. Look at you two rocketing away. My apologies. Trumpets and Chris, your DRS is used up now. You can't use it in the remainder of the round. And question three is, at what three races have Red Bull taken pole position in the turbo hybrid era? Go ahead. Three, I don't know. 30 seconds for our three contestants here. Which three races have Red Bull taken pole position? Do you get a bit fed up of everybody constantly using the phrase turbo hybrid era? Because essentially, Sean... I'm going to use my DRS. He's going to use his DRS. Essentially, when anyone says turbo hybrid era, what they mean is I can't be bothered to think back statistically of what's (laughs) happened since before 2013. Not exactly, because uh, I'm basically the agitator in that regard. I give so many things to David Croft along the lines of such and such has only happened this amount of times in the hybrid era. So I'm as much um, the perpetrator of that as I am the victim of it. Anyway, let's go to the answers here. What do we have, folks? Hold them up. 
Jeansy's gone for Mexico, Monaco, and Hungary. Monaco, Salzburg, and Singapore for Matt. And Mexico, Monaco, and Brazil for Christina. Spielberg. Spielberg. Right. Let's assume that Monaco and Mexico are correct because they were written down. So Monaco 2016, Monaco 2018, and Mexico 2018 are the correct answers. So what does the RS give you? Double points. Correct. So I got got double points in that last round. Yes, you did. The DRS strikes back. On to question four. On which three circuits did Michael Schumacher win the most races in his career? 30 seconds. And also for emphasis, we're talking about Michael Schumacher, not Ralph Schumacher, because I know the first thought for everybody is, I wonder which tracks were Ralph Schumacher's most (laughs) successful. (laughs) Did did Ralph ever win a track more than once? Uh, I couldn't tell you, because that might be coming up as a question. It's not. You're out of All time, right, folks. See your arms. Canada, Australia, and Hungary. I Drop just it. wrote down Canada. Oh, That's yeah. it? <laughs> you, well, I was listening to you talk, and then suddenly the buzzer went off. So, <laughs> Chris, what do you have? I got Hungaroring, Canada, and Silverstone. Okay, the correct answers are Manicourt in France, Ooh. Montreal, Canada, and Imola, which was the San Marino Grand Prix. Question five. Stand by. In which three races did Sergio Perez finish on the podium for Sauber in 2012? If you remember, Sean, there was so much hope for Sauber and that pairing of Perez and Kobayashi just seemed to be able to really maximise everything out of the tyres. And weren't they even on pole and first and second in one race? Uh, No, Sauber have never actually won a Grand Prix as an independent uh, constructor. Of course, BMW Sauber won a race. Uh, in 2008, which hopefully won't be a question later in this round. Um, but Sauber, uh, without BMW, have never won a Grand Prix. The weird thing is that when BMW pulled out at the end of 2009, they carried on being BMW Sauber in 2010, even though BMW weren't there anymore. The question yeah. was, in which three races did Sergio Perez finish on the podium for Sauber in 2012? And the correct answers were Malaysia, Canada and Italy. So Jeansy's got one. He got I got Canada. two. Malaysia and Canada. Oh, is that what that says? Okay. Yeah, Mal and Cam. I got one. So two for me. Three for me. Wow, well done, Chris. All right, on to the next question now. Now, this one's a little bit more taxing. I don't think you'll... (laughs) Really? (laughs) What were the most recent three circuits to have only hosted a single Grand Prix? Go ahead. What are the three most recent circuits to have hosted a single Grand Prix? So what we're looking for, Sean, is like failed attempts at Grand Prix circuits here. Yes, venues that hosted one race and then went away just as quickly. And I will give some, I will give a small hint. Um, The earliest uh, track in the answer here dates from 1967. So uh, it's quite a broad spectrum. If you know your F1 history, you're going to score big in this particular question. Nope, don't think that applies to any of them. So Matt's showing oh. me something that says Korea. Jeansy uh, yep. has just about gone for Vegas. And Chris has written Baku. Because seems... I think it might be a trick question because it hosted a European Grand Prix. Once, but it's been there four hosted, times. It hosted a single Grand Prix. <laughs> Is that a trick question? I appreciate, the, I appreciate the mental dexterity in providing that answer. Because if it was the European Grand Prix, then yeah, you would be right. But of course, it has hosted the Azerbaijan Grand Prix since then. So to recap. What were the most recent three circuits to have hosted a single Grand Prix? The answers were, in 1967, Le Mans. In 1984, was Dallas. And in 1993, was Donington Park. Spanners. Dallas, Vegas, same thing. Goose egg for everybody. Absolutely no one got any points there. But there has been... I was closest. Can I get half a point? Because I was closest. At least I had the the right country. Yeah, let me just ask the (laughs) the stewards if uh, they're willing to give you... (laughs) the most difficult person to have on a podcast in history. Uh, an extra half a point. Ooh, tough call. They're saying no. Uh, okay, so Matt Trumpets is in the lead at the moment with 30 points, but now neck and neck with him is Chris Stevens, also on 30 points. Alex Van Jean is somewhere in the distance on 26, still very much in with a shout. Here's an easier one. Which three drivers were teammates to Kimi Raikkonen in 2005? Kimi Raikkonen had three teammates in 2005. I don't think I'd have got this, Sean, but he is most certainly fitting of the description journeyman uh, F1 driver at the moment, isn't he? He's been everywhere and he's been teammates with everyone. Yeah. 
I actually ran a stat at the start of this year that um, by going back to Saiba slash Alfa Romeo, it was 18 years after he left, which is the longest gap between leaving a team and going back to it. And what's interesting is in that first year in 2001, his last race for Saiba ended with a big crash, ended with a big crash with John Lacey, who was the only driver left who'd been active in the 80s. So you could actually trace from 1989 <laughs> to 2019, two drivers, Lacey and Reichman. Okay, folks, what did you get? You hold them up. The question was, which three drivers were teammates to Kimi Raikkonen in 2005? The answers were Juan Pablo Montoya, Pedro De La Rosa, and Alexander Wurz. Mm, I got that right. I got one. One. So I got two for that. You're doing a lot better than anyone would have guessed. De La Rosa was a very last-minute scribble for me. That was close. They all came. They all came. Okay, next question. We've got three more questions in the round, and then we're moving on to the last round, the big round. So... At the start of 2019, who were the most recent three drivers to have won a single Grand Prix in their career? At the start of 2019, who were the three most recent drivers to have won a single Grand Prix in their career? Now, I think we're all just looking at 2012 here, aren't we, Sean? Because that was a crazy season. Would you want to see 2012 seasons again, where you can have seven different winners? Well, it beats the hell out of seeing the same winner every week, doesn't it? Well, it depends if you like the winner or not, doesn't it, I suppose? Well, what's funny is that people were complaining in 2012 that it was too random. So, you know, particularly with regard to tyres. Oh, we can't do anything with tyres. The tyres are so random, blah, blah, blah. So, of course, Pirelli went and fixed it. And now everyone's complaining it's too predictable. Yes. Okay. Holding up the answers to the screen. And the question was, at the start of 2019, who were the most recent three drivers to have won a single Grand Prix in their career? The answers were Robert Kubica, Heki Kovalainen, and Pastor Maldonado. Chris got one. Uh, Alex Van Jean got one as well. And I believe Matt Trumpets also got one. Got one. Got one. I haven't lost any of my lead. So that's all that matters. <laughs> we're, we're tied. So, yeah. Are we? No. Yeah. Chris Stevens so. is ahead by one point now. Ah, mm. Good enough, right. man. Well, hey. well held. There's a, uh, in the next question, there's actually a hint because we've used part of this as an answer in a previous round. So if you were paying attention, uh, you'll already get one point. Knew I shouldn't have been on Twitter. The Nürburgring has held which three different title Grand Prix? So the Nürburgring, and this is the Grand Prix circuit, we're all familiar with it because our driver expert, Bradley Philpott, seems to go there and just smash his class. And also Martin Brundle with his son as well were were competing. So, you know, it is somewhere that people kind of go to test their metal, isn't it? It is. And of course, the stuff of legend Stefan Beloff's pole position in Group C sports cars in 1983, six minutes and 11, which was the all-time record until it was surpassed by the uh, Porsche 919, I think it was, LMP1 car recently. The answer was the German Grand Prix, the European Grand Prix, and the Luxembourg Grand Prix. Spanners. It looks like Chris Stevens and Matt Trumpets have got three. They're stretching ahead, and they look to be leaving Van Jean behind. He's obviously in tyre trouble. He didn't understand the tyres, you see. I think he didn't understand the question and has scored zero. What did you write there? Why did I agree to come on this show? Uh, Van Jean, actually, his answers were, one, a picture of a small cat, banana, <laughs> and just the Egyptian letter for D. Now, the last, ra- the last question here. Now, this is a real hit and hope. Which three drivers have taken the only three wins for a works Honda car in Formula One? So you've asked the question there, which three drivers have taken a win in the what now? In a Honda chassis, not Honda engines, Honda chassis, which of course had a Honda engine. Now, the first, the first of these drivers, his victory was also the first win for Goodyear in Formula One. Three hundred sixty-eight Grand Prix wins, all-time record, started with that particular race. The second win came uh, because a certain driver ran out of fuel on the last lap when he made up a lap on the field. One of the greatest drives in Formula One history. Okay, hold them up to the screen. What do we got here? Which three drivers took the only three wins for a works Honda team? The answers were Jensen Button, which is the easy one, John Surtees, which is a moderately difficult one, and then the real difficult one, Richie Ginther. <laughs> Come on. I've never even heard of the guy. It looks like everybody got one there, so I'm just totting up the points. It's a great quiz. I'm absolutely loving like having my knowledge tested, and I love the fact that I'm leading by a very slim margin right now. Am I right in saying, uh, Chris, that you were enjoying being in the lead? Oh, no. 
The scores we've got at the moment is Matt Trumpets in the lead by a single point on 35 points. Alex Van G not that far behind on 32 points. And Chris Stevens in second place on 34 points. What a spectacularly arse-about-face way of announcing the scores that was. <laughs> Time for the last lap. Now, this follows the format of Jeopardy, the famous US game show, where there's one question. I'll give you a subject, and you get to wager as many of your points as you want. Folks, I'm going to give you a clue to the final question. If you want to stake how many of your points you want to bet on getting the final question right, the category is Driver's Final Seasons. Make your wages. Uh, Matt Trumpets is on 35 points. Chris Stevens is on 34 points, just a single point behind. And Alex Van Gene is on 32 points, three points off the lead. Okay, gentlemen, what have you decided to wager? Have you all made your wagers? Okay, well, seeing as Matt is going with zero, I'm going to go with two. All of them. All right. Nothing to lose. Um, can, can we just point out that gambling four would have been exactly the same as gambling all of them, but I do like the dramatic effect. Okay, Spanners, you got their bets then? The bets in? Yep. Okay, so for 30 seconds. Despite never scoring a point in his career, this Italian driver ended his career at Ferrari 16 years after his Formula One debut. 30 seconds. Despite never scoring a point, this Italian driver ended his career at Ferrari 16 years after his Formula One debut. I think I have it. I think I have it. Jeannie, we're going to go to you first. Okay, what was your answer? The bloke who took over from Massa when he had his crash. And I can't remember his name. Can't accept that as an answer, I'm afraid. I can't. Chris, what was your answer? Luca Bedella. Not spelled correctly, but that is the correct answer. Uh, did he bet one? He bet one? two. Bet two. So what does he move up to? He now moves up to 36 points, which would be one ahead of Matt Trumpets, depending on what he said. I Matt didn't Trumpets bet anything. Didn't bet so. anything. Yeah. Oh, so the winner is Chris Stevens. Oh, my goodness. For a point of order, Trumpets, what did you say as an answer? Um, every Italian driver I could think of, which didn't include Badawar. <laughs> All right. Luca Badawar made his Grand Prix debut in 1993 and made his last start in the 2009 Belgian Grand Prix and never scored a point in his career. That means, Chris, you are the winner of the Mr. Apex Formula One quiz. Okay. Chris, could you just get a quick word with the winner? Chris, what are you going to spend the money on? Um... I'm not sure I can say on the show. This is a safer work show, um, so I feel it'd be best not to mention on air what I will do with the winnings. Um, Official reasons, I'm going to say charity. Okay, Chris. Well, if you're interested, Chris, uh, me and Spanners are going down Spearmint Rhino. As soon as we get off the air tonight, you are welcome to join us both. Spanners, over to you to wrap it up. I don't know what that is, uh, but it sounds like an exciting safari or zoo. So, yes, I'm all in. Let's go to this magical rhino park. It's just a bar. It's It's just just a bar. bar. Fantastic. Congratulations, Chris. We give you a lot of grief for never having an opinion. But at least when it came to facts, you knew what was going on in this F1 quiz. Matt Trumpets ran him all the way. Definitely didn't have the brain power and F1 knowledge of Chris Stevens, but you nearly got him with Wiley Racecraft. Alex Van Jean, thanks for turning up, mate. Sean Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) I am not passing any judgment on you guys because I would have been absolutely awful in all of those quizzes. Thank you very much to Sean Kelly. You've been a fantastic quiz master. It's been fun. Let's do it again sometime. Until next time, remember that wounds heal, chicks dig scars, and glory lasts forever. This was Missed Apex F1 Quiz. Hi, Spanners here. I'm sitting in the shed, having hacked up that quiz into something that is hopefully listenable to. You can follow the panel by following me at Spanners Ready, Alex at Alex Van Jean, Chris at Chris on Racing and Matt at MattPT55 and of course the virtual statman Sean Kelly at Virtual Statman. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.